0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Woodstock, Georgia, it's time for Cherokee Business Radio. Now, here's your host.
1: Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Cherokee Business Radio. Stone Payton here with you this morning. And today's episode is brought to you in part by Alma Coffee, sustainably grown, veteran-owned, and direct trade. Which means from seed to cup, there are no middlemen. Please go check them out at myalmacoffee.com or go visit their roastery cafe at 3448 Holly Springs Parkway in Canton, When you get there, ask for Leticia or Harry and tell them that Stone sent you. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast, first up on the show this morning, with Renaissance Bank, Mr. Eric Ryan. Good morning, sir.
2: Good morning. Thank you for having me.
1: We are delighted to have you in the studio, man. Business Radio X, of course, has a marvelous relationship with Renaissance Bank already, uh, you guys have helped us a great deal in the North Fulton market, so we were very excited to get a chance to have you come join us, and get us caught up on uh, what's going on. What is your role at at Renaissance?
2: So I'm a commercial banker. We work with companies starting around a couple million dollars in revenue, going up to around 100 150 million. So that's really most of the businesses in Cherokee County, Cobb County, kind of our surrounding markets.
1: So, when you're visiting with people in the in the business arena, when in those initial conversations, what are those like? what What kind of questions are they asking? What kind of questions are you asking them?
2: Really, we try to do a lot of listening. Um, you know, I, I came from a larger bank background, and so there's a lot of friction there right now. You know, banks are struggling through the pandemic companies are kind of all over the place. You know, some folks had record years. Some folks really struggled. It really is that K-shaped recovery. So we're trying to listen to where they are right now, what they're going to need going forward and trying to come up with solutions. And that's really what a lot of what we do is working on customized solutions for companies in our space.
1: So I suspect many of our listeners probably have some of these same feelings. I got to be honest with you, Eric, I'm a little intimidated to just walk into a bank and say, I want to talk to my banker. I'm expanding. I'm building out another studio, which, by the way, is true, obviously. Great. <laughs> and uh, But I'm a little intimidated. I don't feel like I know what to ask. I don't even feel like I know who to ask for. Can, can you give us a little bit of insight on, I don't know, maybe it's something as simple as how when should we start trying to build a relationship with a banker all the way to... What are we looking for in a banking relationship?
2: Well, I promise we don't bite, but uh, <laughs> the, the most important thing is to start early. As soon as you have an idea, you know, call and ask. If you don't know who your commercial banker is, that means you have a problem with your banking relationship. You really should know hmm. somebody within the bank. And what's happened with a lot of the larger banks, and, and you know, there's there's a bank to fit everybody, but a lot of the larger banks have really kind of moved the business banking segment to a 1-800 number. And if that's where you are, Mm. that's not a great place to be because you don't have that personal relationship. You don't have someone that you can talk to. So a great way to start is to honestly walk into a branch and say, who's in your commercial lending group? Who can I talk to? Um, You know, if if you don't have that relationship, it becomes really difficult to navigate. And, you know, I think we saw a lot of that during the PPP process. Folks that didn't have a one-on-one relationship with a commercial banker uh, either took them a lot longer to get Uh, the PPP loan completed, or they weren't able to access the funds at all. So, you know, with Renaissance, we have branches throughout the county, and each one has commercial lenders in the branch, which is a little bit unique. A lot of times we're centralized um, Hmm. down at 285 or in Buckhead, but we really have a model where the commercial lenders sit within the branches. Uh, Not right now, quite as much because of the pandemic. I know my dog really likes me working out of the house, um, (laughs) although I like going into the office, but really we, they can, direct you to the right person that can help you understand what your needs are because sometimes you don't know what you don't know if you haven't done a business loan recently or ever it's going to be hard to know what you need to get together so we're here to help you with that and we can really help guide you through the process and You know our advice is uh, worth what you pay for it, which is nothing. So, uh, (laughs) but but we 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 really are there to try to listen to what you need and try to find solutions that will meet that need.
1: Uh, Well, you've mentioned PPP, you've mentioned pandemic. For those of you listening who may be listening uh, two, three years from when we do this live broadcast, we are conducting this episode. I mean, we're still neck deep in this whole. Uh, pandemic thing there looks to me like it, it, there's some promise in a in a vaccine or a couple of different vaccines coming out but this is still very much on everyone's mind i mean several people are wearing masks and there's a lot going on right now ppp i don't exactly remember but i know it's connected to the, some sort of relief right can you Talk right. About it's the
2: payroll protection program. Yeah. And really what that was geared to do is meet the or at least in the first round was meet the immediate need. You know, March, April, nobody really knew what things were going to look like. Ninety days out. I think everybody was impacted quite heavily. We didn't know what was going to survive, what wasn't. And I think we were all kind of using 2008 as the analog. 2009. So it was really just up in the air. We didn't know what was going to happen. Well, now we really are in this K-shaped recovery. Some businesses had record years last year. Some are trying to keep the doors open and, you know, everybody's in a little bit of a different place. So here we are with round two and round two has a little bit more of a qualification component to it. You have to show that you had a 25% revenue decline year over year, uh, 2020 versus 2019. So I think the demands not going to be what it was in the first round but this really is a little bit more targeted um, we're open for new applications we've partnered with a group called biz to credit to help speed that process up um, you know we were very successful in the first round we did several billion dollars worth of PPP wow. loans which for a bank of our size is pretty remarkable I know uh, our branch personally in Kennesaw with four commercial lenders delivered over 50 million dollars um, in payroll protection program loans so you know that that really kept a lot of people employed but that first round relief is pretty much exhausted at this point so mm-hmm. now we're into the second round and hopefully that will you know just be a band-aid more or less to keep people going as we still try to figure out exactly where we are in the recovery I think we're getting closer but um, you know it's it's still rough we, we don't know we, we've we're just people are all over the map right now quite honestly
1: now is that where a great deal of your time and your colleagues time is invested right now on this pandemic related? Council, support, that kind of thing? Or are you working more with people like with Gary's pockets?
2: <laughs> now, now it's interesting. It's really kind of a, a mix of both. You know, uh, a year ago when we started the, the process, March and April, you know, we were working. Eighty-hour weeks, ninety-hour weeks. Mm. Alma Coffee quite, uh, frankly, helped me get through it with their little <laughs> pop-up at Reformation Brewery.
1: Don't they rock?
2: They, they were they're fantastic. So I, I stopped by there numerous times throughout the day as I was coming back and forth to <laughs> the office. But you know, now we really have transitioned into more of a open market deals. We're still very busy with new loans. Mm. Interest rates are at historic lows, so a lot of people are refinancing. Um, people that are, you know have been successful throughout the pandemic or whose industries have allowed them to be are really looking at space. Where can they acquire space? Um, You know, where can we, how can we position ourselves to be in good shape coming out of this? So we're still doing a lot of new deals. You know, we've, we've closed quite a few already this year and have more in the pipeline. So it's really a mix of both. You know, we kind of always are counselors to some degree, you know, because when you run a small business, that's your whole life. Your whole family's involved. You're oh, yeah. involved. I mean, that that's just reality. So there's always a, a bit of that counseling aspect to what we do, but that's probably ramped up a little bit more over the last 12 months. And quite frankly, we're happy to do it. You know that, that it's it's fulfilling for us. And you know, for for once, we got to play George Bailey instead of Gordon Gecko with the PPP process. <laughs> so that's been that's been a nice change of pace for us in the banking industry.
1: So what is your uh favorite part of the job w- what do you enjoy the most
2: i really love talking to small business owners yeah. my dad um still runs a small insurance brokerage over in duluth where i grew up so really invested in that my aunt and uncle ran a trucking company for years so grew up kind of in and around small business and really you know i think people take for granted what it means to own a company and to take that risk you know it, it, it's a ton of risk um quite frankly if i don't have the uh intestinal fortitude to do it myself and that's why i like <laughs> to work with small business owners cuz i really appreciate what they do and just it, it really is the lifeblood of our county and our market you know it, you think about every small business that doesn't make it that's a baseball team that doesn't get sponsored that's a mm-hmm. kid that might not go to college i mean those things are really important and they're what make makes a community great and makes a community different so really enjoy seeing my customers succeed, and that's that's the part that I've been happy to witness over the last 15 years in the business, is seeing clients grow their businesses, grow and then sell. Um, really, it, to me, that's the American dream. So to play a small part in that, it's really exciting for me, and it's why I get out of bed every day, quite honestly.
1: So you live and work in the Cherokee County area? You're, you're based here in, in Cherokee County, Woodstock area?
2: Yeah, I live in uh, Holly Springs. We moved, oh, yeah. we moved from North Fulton about 16 years ago um, after my wife and I Got married. I grew up in Duluth. Quite frankly, I didn't know where Cherokee County was other (laughs) than that it was vaguely north of Cobb. I never really made it over to this part of town. And we drove out the one day and just said, wow, this is fantastic. It's just a great community. You know, it's grown rapidly in that time, but. You know, uh, to me, it's it's gotten better in a lot of ways. We have downtown Woodstock, less than half a mile from here. Downtown mm-hmm. Canton, Holly Springs is working on a project. Uh, our office is in Cobb County. We're in Kennesaw, but really, I I'd go wherever the money is, wherever clients need us. So all over Metro Atlanta, but to really try to focus on Cherokee and Cobb counties.
1: Well, I'd love to get your insight, your perspective on the business climate, the landscape here in Cherokee County and and Woodstock. The reason being is I actually don't live here yet. As of this broadcast, I have a, a home under contract, wow. like just under a mile from here. We're moving here from East Cobb. Obviously, I've made the investment to open a, another Business Radio X studio. Every indication so far is, wow, you you could not tailor make a business community that is more wholly consistent with the value system at Business Radio X of supporting and celebrating You know, just the great work that these folks are out there just grinding it out every day. That's my read. Sometimes I have a tendency to see things um, a little rosier than they really are. What is your read on, on this business community?
2: You're dead on with that. You know, it's very welcoming. Uh, it's a very welcoming environment for entrepreneurs. Everybody's really in your corner. Uh, you know, folks like Misty Martin with uh, the Cherokee Office of Economic Development, Pam Carnes with the Cherokee Chamber, really have laid a platform for success. And, you know, you can just feel it driving around the community and a lot of respects you wouldn't even know we had a pandemic going on here with all the new restaurants <laughs> opening with all the you know amazing things that we have uh, coming to the table here in Cherokee County. we we're, we're- very fortunate with uh, good leadership, good stewardship of our tax dollars as well with the county uh, commission and the folks that uh, run the cities. Uh, I, you know, I've, I've found it to be very business friendly. I think the one thing that we don't have that we need more of is more industrial space. Um, and hmm. I know that's kind of in the works right now, you know, and that that's tight everywhere just based on a lot of the last mile. Um, delivery and everything that's going on with online shopping. But we're, we're incredibly fortunate. I think the future is very bright. It's a great place to locate a business and raise a family. And we have a great talent pool as well, which is always attractive for new businesses. So I think you're spot on. We've also uh, been fortunate. I, I've traveled a little bit throughout the pandemic. And we're, we're fortunate that we're open. Uh, you know, we went out. To no, look- that's
1: an excellent point. I guess I, sometimes I take that something as simple as that uh, for, for granted. And I have... Um- I'm beginning to get very well wired, if you will, so fast, and it's because of people like Gary, who we're going to visit with earlier, that get me connected with people. Um, It's it's because of the people here at the Innovation Spot who have a lot. You know, they're they're introducing me to people, and of course, I've I've met quite a few bartenders um, as I come out every week. Uh, I I interrupted you, but I wanted I wanted to acknowledge the the point that I think sometimes I know I'm guilty of just taking for granted just that we're open and we can even do business.
2: Yeah. We were out in the West Coast. We Mm. took a trip to go to some national parks back in September. You know, we were out in California. You'd be in a hotel with 250 rooms and three people were in it. You know, it's it's eerie. Um, It it really makes you, uh, you know worried about those industries, particularly in, in some of the sub markets out west and, you know, in the northeast that just may not exist on the other side of this thing. And, and that's what's really, you know, that, that's really scary. And it, it's heartbreaking to a degree as well. And I, I know we all have to be cautious and careful about the disease, but we don't want the, uh, you know, the cure to be worse than the disease. And and that that's what yeah. that's what scares me a little bit. We've, we've been fortunate that at the state level and at the local level, uh, you know, I feel like we've reopened in a in a reasonable manner that's really tried to balance the economy with uh, stopping the spread of the virus. So we're we're very fortunate in that regard.
1: So how does the whole sales and marketing thing work for a commercial banker? Is it all inbound interest or do you have to have some sort of strategy and plan for building relationships with people who maybe not today, but at some point, are going to need your services?
2: It's really all about building relationships. You know, it's really no different from any other business. Um, We work a lot with CPAs, uh, local business associations, the chambers, Mm -hmm. to go out and just tell our story. And, and, you know, Renaissance is a little unique in that we're a 115-year-old community bank, uh, essentially based out of Tupelo, Mississippi. Uh, we do have an Elvis impersonator occasionally show up <laughs> at various company events. So that's fun. Uh, but uh, you know, we, we're kind of in a, in a unique spot. A lot of our folks have large bank experience. I was with a, um, you know, one of the largest banks in the country for numerous years commuting down to 285 and Wendy Hill every day. So I don't miss that too much, but <laughs> we can bring that expertise to the table without some of the red tape. And I think that's where we're, we are very successful And that's what I really enjoy, you know, having the creativity. Uh, If you're working with entrepreneurs, you got to think like one a little bit. And that's what our bank allows us to do. So really enjoyed that. And for us, it it is really all about relationships. You know, there's not a whole lot of walk-in traffic in banks these days. If I didn't work at one, I'm not sure when I would ever go to one, Um, you know, unless I was fortunate to have a check big enough that I couldn't scan it on my phone. So it's really just being in the community, working in the community and uh, meeting people like yourself.
1: So, what's your take? Are you kind of bullish on the economic outlook in general, you know, with some optimistic caution, or what? Yeah, what's your take on the economic outlook?
2: I'm an optimist, so I'm I'm going to say that we're going to get that three to five percent GDP growth um, that everybody's Mm -hmm. predicting. I I really do think it's going to be a K shape. Uh, You know, there are some industries that just aren't going to make it back, or where it's going to be very challenging. You look at hospitality. You look at the restaurant business, which is tough, even in good times. But I really, you know, particularly here in Georgia and in specific in Cherokee County, the future is very, very bright. Uh, you know, I, I'm hopeful that, say, by May or June, we have enough people vaccinated or, you know, that we're on the other side of the pandemic uh, to a large degree and can operate as normal. I, I really think that's going to happen. Uh, and we'll, we'll see. I mean, if my crystal ball were that clear, I'd probably be on a yacht somewhere. But uh, <laughs> You know, I, I really, I really do think that all the ingredients are there. We just got to bake the cake the right way, and that's that's it.
1: All right, I wrote down K shape like three times. What do you mean by that? Like, you mean like some are going crazy up and some crazy down?
2: That's exactly right. You know, okay. if, you're, if you're on the top <laughs> part of that leg, life's, <laughs> right. life's pretty good for you. You know, if you're in distribution, if you're in uh, cold storage, you know, groceries been really hot this year. Any, any industrial mm-hmm. space, you you just can't find it; it doesn't exist anymore.
1: Right. But
2: you know, if you're in midtown and you own a big office building.
3: Ouch.
1: things
2: are things are tough um, you know if you're yeah. in retail in certain areas I, I don't know you know what that's going to look like on the other side and it really just accelerated trends that were already in place you know I felt like we lived 10 years uh, last year and <laughs> you know we, we we saw the future and for some you know industries that's that's a great place to be and others you know what, what was already a tough environment became even more challenging and we don't know exactly how all that's going to shake out, but you know, I really think um, once we kind of get to June, July, we'll have some certainty. Things will look a little bit better, and, and that way we can operate. Because you know you can operate in any type of environment, but it's hard to operate when everything's so uncertain. So I think you know people are doing as best they can right now, um, kind of riding that K. Hopefully you're on the upper leg, and uh, you know I think things will look good for you.
1: Well, I think that's a good point. I think once many of us kind of understand or know what the what the rules are, where the ditches are, then we can make some adjustments. It's a, but in this in this period of chaos, it's it's that much tougher. All the more reason to have some one of your expertise and your background to help us navigate things uh, that involve you know lending or anything financial I would think.
2: No, absolutely and we can provide you with the uh, the unvarnished Troop. Truth, good, bad. Well, no,
1: wait or a minute. I didn't ask for that. <laughs> I don't know if I want that. No,
2: you, you you may not, but we'll we'll give it to you. You know, bankers are. Uh, I, I'm an optimist, but we do carry a little bit of cynicism uh, just for self preservation. So, <laughs> all
1: right. If our listeners would like to reach out to you or someone on your team, have a conversation about some of these topics, maybe explore uh, an opportunity to to learn more about the lending process, what's the best way for them to reach out, website, email, whatever you feel like is appropriate?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Emailing me at r e i n at renaissance. R-E-N-A-S-A-N-T dot com. Whew. That was a mouthful. <laughs> that was and, a spelling bee. Yeah, no. <laughs> Hold on, what was that again? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the best way to go, or you can always call me at 470-955-9573.
1: Well, Eric, it has been an absolute delight having you on the show this morning. Thanks so much for coming in and getting us caught up and and sharing your your story and um, i don 't know maybe there 's some wisdom since you are local in coming back through periodically. It might even be fun at some point to to have you on the show with a delighted client or a, or a market partner. If um if that's something you're interested in, we'll find a way to do that. Or maybe you'll come in with Leticia or a Harry, since you're such an alma fan, and we'll just we'll just rave about their coffee, right? Hey, that
2: wouldn't that wouldn't hurt my feelings. Anytime I can get a nice uh, hot cup, I'm happy.
1: Yeah. Hey, hang out with us a little while while we visit with our next guest, will you? Absolutely. Fantastic. All right. If y'all are ready for the headliner, please join me in welcoming to the broadcast from Diversified Resource Group, Mister. Gary Acido. Good
3: morning, sir. How are you doing, Stone? Thanks for having me.
1: I am doing well. So what'd you learn in that last segment, man?
3: I gotta get a relationship with the
1: bank. <laughs> well, there I know a guy. I, I got a, a guy. guy. <laughs> okay, diversified resource group. Uh mission, purpose. What are you out there trying to do for folks, man?
3: Uh diversified resource group is actually headquartered in Peachtree Corners. Um, our per, our principal is uh, Daryl Uh The business is about 23 years old. We have about seven salespeople and three support staff in our office. Um, us sales folks work and live in the uh, local area, so I live in Marietta, but I service the Northwest Corridor, specifically Cobb, Cherokee, and up north. Um, we are a contract furniture provider, so basically you take a commercial space, shake it out, and we can provide everything that goes into that space, Uh, and it goes deeper than furniture. You know, obviously there's chairs and cubicles and all that, but uh, over the last 14 months, we've really been assisting our existing customers and future customers on getting their employees back to work.
1: So uh, for our listeners, when Gary got here, I had a stool sitting there in his spot. He promptly took it and threw it out the window. I went and got a nice ergonomic chair.
3: It's got to be made in America, sorry.
1: (laughs) The man takes his work seriously and and personally. So uh, your world, has it changed as we've been uh, visiting on some of these challenges that that Eric was was talking about, yeah?
3: Yep. Uh, You know, we're fortunate that we're in the Atlanta metro area. Uh, The cranes were there before. They're still there now. A lot of projects were already funded, so they will complete construction, uh, but it, it it changed pretty dramatically. I'm sure the, the word uh, we work resonates with some folks. That has definitely taken a shift uh, since folks are working from home, but I think people are uh, ready to get back to work, so what we're doing is assisting them with, you know, initially it was started out with uh, plexiglass and cubicles and making sure people were socially distancing over six feet. Our firm is a full-service dealership. We have uh onboard designers and space planners and project managers. So we can take your space, look at your current layout and then rearrange it accordingly so that it's safer for your employees to come back. Uh, But it's grown a lot past just plexiglass. Plexiglass was the buzzword in our industry, probably around, you know, when it started in March till Mm -hmm. about June. Uh, But you need to do much more than that. We're hearing things like UV lighting, like we have here in the studio I know uh, Cobb County Schools invested, I believe, $12 million on UV lighting alone. Wow. Um, And I don't know if that goes through PPE or not. I'd like to learn more about that. But um, we also have been doing a lot of air purification. And uh, I have a really good uh, partner with me here today, Alexander, with Special T. They've launched a new division called Safety. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that as well. So it's definitely uh, went away from the traditional chair desk file. So how does one
1: find themselves in this business was I mean did you go to school for this did
3: you it must have been a little
1: bit of a circuitous path I would think yeah. it's
3: a interesting story i, I I'm born we'll, and we'll raised. be the judge of that okay, okay here we go. So <laughs> all right Alexander, get ready to hold up a car. Thank goodness we're a, a local <laughs> Cherokee uh, station here, but no offense to California. Born and raised in California, I initially went to college to become a police officer and uh, was uh-huh. ready to sign on with LAPD. Uh, back in 1990, 89 actually, and uh, decided that I would be better off selling pens and pencils for Office Depot <laughs> than shot at in South Central. So um, I stayed with Office Depot for 18 years and lived in eight different states and managed uh, Broward County specifically at the end of my tenure down in South Florida at the headquarters in Boca. So I had uh, 25 salespeople on a $45 million budget and uh, learned really, really fast what a and l is. So um, <laughs> I really missed being a rep in front of the customer um you know and you can't really impact change from an excel spreadsheet but when you're working for a 30 billion dollar company you know the analytics are are critical so i gravitated towards the uh, commercial space uh, furniture specifically office depot at that time we were selling a lot of uh, furniture that you would see in a retail store that you go home and put it together if you have the patience to do so i learned what contract meant so i furnished a South County Mental in Delray Beach, it was a quarter million dollar job, and I took the rest of the year off, and I said, that's where the money's uh-huh. at. So here we are, you know, 20 years in contract furniture, but uh, our business, although it sounds basic, it's it's so much more than furniture. We have so many options, it'll just make your head spin. Um, it's really, really a dynamic process that we do, so... I I love it. Um, I go to all the trade shows, our big ones in June in Neocon in Chicago. Of course, last year that was canceled because of COVID. Sure. This year we're optimistic, but we'll see what happens. But um, I've grown in the sense that uh, we work a lot with designers, interior designers, architects, uh, construction companies. Uh, We deal a lot with bankers like Eric. So if people are Getting loans for a small business are going to need furniture, so it's a good connection.
1: Yeah, I bet. I bet. So, contract furniture—this means people are renting or leasing as opposed to buying it. Is that?
3: Great question. A lot of people ask. I thought that. it was a
1: fantastic question. It, it's it's, I'm it's a really good, good question. Gary.
3: Uh, I tell you, you know, everybody says, "What does contract mean?" Basically, the furniture that you see in a retail store—that's for home use. Mm-hmm. Contract furniture, you're going to pay more because it's warranted for life. It's wow. manufactured to a higher caliber. Uh, you have your selection of colors. You know, a good example would be you're furnishing an office. You have a lim- limited income. If you go to a local retailer, you have a choice between black, black, and black. Like this black chair that I'm sitting in. <laughs> if you went to DRG, you would have got 800 different options of fabrics. So you can really customize your office and make it yours. Uh, But we warranty our work. And, um, you know, we're kind of like auto dealers. You have a Ford dealer. You have a Ferrari dealer. uh, Mm -hmm. You know, uh, this is kind of important to mention. We are a unaligned dealer. And for those of you out there that know anything about contract furniture, you may have heard words like Steelcase, Herman Miller, Noel, very big organizations. But those dealerships as they're, as we're called that are selling those products they are mandated to sell you know their a brand at DRG I like to say we're an aligned unaligned dealer we have over 200 manufacturers that we can specify and provide for our customers so as an example if a customer has a limited budget and they want to really get the right office chair and maybe spend a little extra on that and trim down on the panels well we can do that we can what we call mm-hmm. value engineer if it was steel case or somebody else, the cost might be higher. We don't have to report to, you know, the investors, so to speak. We're privately held.
1: Well, I would think that would be a real advantage, probably a competitive advantage, but as a potential customer, to me, I would certainly, I would see that as a distinct advantage.
3: It is. And then, um, you know, we, I run kind of independently as a sales representative of DRG and the fact that uh Uh, We provide, we sell, uh, window treatments. So when we're going into a space, you know, we're looking for every little thing that the customer's probably going to need at some point, air purification, window treatments, uh, welcome mats as you enter their building with their logo. I mean, you name it, we can get it. So the customer doesn't have to shop. Um, I work a lot with, uh, nonprofits as an example, I have a a customer right now I'm working on and, um, they uh, didn't have anything on their list of things they wanted to purchase that, uh, were uh, related to aus- autism or special needs, and I know they're going to have a, a, a need for that. Mm-hmm. So we do have a specialist that uh, will work with the client and specify specific items. In this case, it's called a bubble tube. So if you envision a tube with bubbles, it, it really helps children with sensory, is- uh, sensory issues or autism or any huh. IEP. And uh, the customer was absolutely taken back by that. They, they were thinking, you know, the chair, desk, file, how many... How many, uh, you know, chairs do we need? And I said, well, what about the kids coming in that can't sit still? Right. Oh, you guys do that? Yeah, we do that. And if we can't do it, we'll refer you to somebody that can do it.
1: So do you find yourself ever teaming up with, uh, people in the commercial real estate world, commercial real estate?
3: Very, very much so. You know, I moved to Atlanta. It'll be four years in June. I moved from Palm Beach Gardens with my family, my wife and my kids Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, uh, the first year was rough because they had no choice. You know, I said, we're moving to Atlanta. And uh, they weren't too happy leaving the beach and Palm Beach Gardens and <laughs> daddy playing golf. <laughs> that didn't go over well. <laughs> you know, but they've learned. Uh, we absolutely love it now. And uh, some of our strategic partner manufacturers are here in the Atlanta metro area. Um, but, uh, you know, it's been a good transition.
1: Well, the reason I asked one of our clients uh, out of another studio, actually our headquarters studio over in Sandy Springs, is, with a, is uh, in commercial real estate. And um, his show is geared towards supporting and celebrating uh, people in the startup community, Mm -hmm. which makes perfect sense. He wants to cultivate those relationships early because when these folks kind of graduate out of their accelerator or incubator, they need the space. Um, And usually I think they're already funded. And um, so it makes sense to me that you would want to have relationships with these
3: very much so. Uh, what I was going to mention was Atlanta it, being so big. I finally learned what Atlanta Metro meant. I didn't know what the Metro part meant. <laughs> now I know what it means. It goes all the way past Holly Springs, probably to Chattanooga, South Tennessee. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, so massive. <laughs> so you really got you know you got to really define your scope. And, and, and where you can be most effective. But we deal with a lot of commercial lenders and commercial hmm. real estate people. So what we offer commercial uh, real estate and brokers out there, if you have a space you're trying to lease, which there is a lot of commercial space that is available, mm-hmm. we can set up what we call a spec suite where we bring in furniture and we stage it. Okay, it's like so, what I'm
1: going through with my home right now. Our home looks different now. Like it's you like a showroom. It. Yep.
3: Yeah, it looks like a showroom. Because when folks are coming in to rent 50,000 square feet and they see white walls, they can't envision their space. So we help them envision their uh-huh. space. costs the broker $0. All we're asking for is an opportunity to work with their future tenant. And we're doing a lot of uh-huh. that. In fact, there's a nice Class A building in Kennesaw that's unoccupied. I've been working with the agent on that one, so we'll be doing some work with them. And um, you know, we do full-color renderings digitally, so if the client wants to specify something specific, we can do that. But that's all no cost to the real estate person.
1: Huh. How cool yeah. is that? All right, who'd you bring with you? Let's introduce yeah, this gentleman. And I, I talk about your work that. together. This
3: guy is the man, the legend, Alexander <laughs> Keen. <King. laughs> Alexander's with a company called Specialty, and I'm not going to steal his thunder. But long story short, I've known Alexander 15 years, uh, and I, you know, as long as I've been in this business, uh, he's with a company called Specialty, based in Alpharetta, and they have a, a great story, and they have grown outside of their core market into the um, the safety or the back to work initiative. Mm -hmm. Um, we, I actually was one of the first reps at our firm to sell plexiglass. The client spent over $100,000 on plexiglass. When you're talking about 150 cubes per floor, it Uh adds up, but it's a drop in the, in the bucket to get those folks back. So Alexander's company was pivotal in our, in our efforts to do that. So why don't you go and tell them about yourself?
0: Sure. I'm Alexander. I'm actually in sales for special, Tea. And let me take a step back and just tell you whose specialty is. We're a small business, like Eric referred to earlier. Our owner obviously has the intestinal fortitude to have a small business, and his mission is helping others. And the internal way that looks is, I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but there is an opiate crisis and an epidemic of substance abuse issues in Cobb County, in Cherokee, in the metro Atlanta area. Just to put that in scale, nationwide last year, we lost more people to drug overdoses than in all of the Vietnam War. So it's really easy to Mm -hmm. forget in the middle of the pandemic that people are struggling with mental health issues, with substance abuse issues. So what are we going to do as a business community to help these people when they come out of treatment? Because the two biggest holes for somebody trying to recover from substance abuse issues when they get out of rehab is jobs, jobs. In housing, because if they've caught charges, felonies or otherwise, they're unemployable and they're not allowed to live anywhere. So how do we fix that when we're dealing with such a large population of people that, just like yourself, want want to become a banker or or want to be one of the small business owners or want to work with Gary and sell furniture? Who's going to give them that shot? Well, specialty does. We don't care what your background is. We don't care what your record is. We just ask that you have about a year sobriety completed. Some successful treatment and we'll give you a job and not just a job where you're underemployed, but a job where you're drawing a decent paycheck so that you can become a homeowner. If you want to get married, kids, you can have your chance at the American dream. So that's our internal mission, helping others. And then our external mission is exactly like that because our owner, Steve, um, you know, the intestinal fortitude guy, he used to be. A furniture dealer. So our external mission is how do we help the Garys of the world increase their margin, either for project capital or to keep his lights on at his house? And we do that by offering an alternative to the leading brands that he mentioned. We have American-made and European-made european tables that have a 10-year parts and labor warranty in and- you're going to pay at a much reduced price because we manufacture our own bases in Europe where that mission of helping others is continued. So that's kind of our DNA. And that's how we ended up in the safety product market, helping others. How can we in this community get everybody back to work? And I was telling you before we started, if you look at schools, and I drove by one, they're stuck in classrooms, they're wearing masks all day, whether they get the vaccine or not there's cold there's flu we're all drinking filtered water right now and this used to be weird i can remember when i drank filtered water the <laughs> yeah, first time yeah. people are like drink out of the tap but now if you go to drink out of the tap somebody's going to tackle you and be like don't do that <laughs> and it's going to be the same with filtered air just look at the school example i just gave if we could put air purifiers in the hallways in the bathrooms in the classrooms and get them some fresh air because our air purifiers actually capture and rupture the DNA of the virus. It's called surgically clean air. The FBI uses it in their building. The Walter Reed Medical Center uses it in their building. A number of NBA and NHL teams. This is not a toy. People have gone on to Amazon and they've ordered toys. But to bring everybody back safely, it takes more than a toy. And so just like our DNA internally is helping people, And our DNA externally is helping people. Now we're launching safety products to continue to help bring everyone back to work and back to work safely. Because selfishly, if we can get everybody back in the office, Gary will sell more products, which means I can keep my lights on. And then also, just from a human standpoint, how do we do this safely? Because we've proven COVID transfers through the air. It's an aerosol. And, and the CDC has come out and said that poorly, poorly ventilated areas should consider HEPA filters. Well, our air purifier has three filters, the HEPA, the carbon, and a UV light, which is germicidal, no zone free, so you can sell it in California. And it destroys <laughs> cold and flu Because there's COVID, and I think COVID really, if it did anything, is just show us how dirty the air we all are breathing because a poorly ventilated area is every school what we're sitting in now because none of these windows open. So you can Mm -hmm. put one of these air purifiers through Gary or one of our other valuable partners, and you'll get five to six rooms full of fresh air per hour. And that's really the solution. So there's three pillars. That's just one. That's the third pillar. The second one is what he talked about, plexiglass, that way if somebody coughs or sneezes. And the first one is like you have in your building, entry screening, taking you know people's temperature because all business owners should know this. In June of this year, in this state, protection from COVID-19 ends, which means an employer can be held liable going forward after June if somebody gets COVID. Oh my. And if they're not taking these steps so they can show that they're doing everything they can to keep people safe – They could be liable. But more importantly, don't you want Eric to be able to go back to his bank? Don't you want Gary to be able to go see his customers? Don't you want to be able to have people in safely? And you can do that through these safety products. So that's kind of who we are in a a 10,000-foot view. Well,
1: it sounds like it must be incredibly rewarding work. It sounds like there's probably a great deal of opportunity Um, In your conversations around these topics, are you finding people are embracing these ideas with open arms? Are you running into some skepticism? What's the climate out there?
0: Well, when it comes to the recovery mission, we we just – told everybody about it last year. We've been in business for 20 years and have always had it, but we were like, well, if we tell people, they're going to think that we're selling, you know, their products are being put together by a bunch of criminals and they, <laughs> <laughs> and they won't buy from us. But yeah. the actual inverse was true, you know, um, because huh. when people tell a story, they can identify with it and make an emotional connection. And when I was on the way driving here from East Com to Cherokee, I passed a number of neighborhoods and just think about it. Every one of those houses, or at least every other one, has lost a mom, has lost a dad, has lost a child, has somebody in treatment. I mean, it's everywhere. So when we came out and said, hey, this is what we're doing to better our community, people bought Mm -hmm. in. And that's the opportunity I give to local dealers in the Georgia area is, look, if you buy from us, that money is going right back into your community to better the people that you're living next to. So they really bought in and, and it and it did it did land with them and they, they didn't throw me out of the office, so that went good. And then for the safety products, yeah, it was a little it was a little weird. What's this guy selling tables talking about air for? But Man. once I framed it in the correct thing, like, look, we're here to help. You know, first help you sell and, and and next help our community get back to work. And because they knew that internal mission, it made a lot more sense. So there wasn't any pushback.
3: Just to uh, piggyback on that, we had a customer that spent quite a bit of money uh, to furnish a new headquarters, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. They were already invested as we were planning, and then we're in the heart of COVID. After we com- uh, completed installation, one of our salespeople got with Alexander and they purchased over $230,000 of filters. Uh, uh-huh. Now, why is that? They had to get their employees back, mm-hmm. right. and they were willing to spend the money to do so. When you do the ROI on that, it's the right thing to do. So um, mm-hmm. we make it easy for people to pay stone. Um, it, you know, it's a quite a bit of money f- for a small business. Uh, the filters are, are – you're not going to see these uh, solutions at a retailer, but there's financing available that we offer uh, through a third party. Mm-hmm. So we can uh, help them procure the products that they truly need, and they can make payments. So – we can help the customer along.
0: Absolutely, yeah. In in the vein of helping others, um, his partner called me and wanted some of that plexiglass. I was over there installing the plexiglass because I I want to help and that cut their costs so they don't have to pay for install. And when I was there, the owner came out and I just explained purified air and the need, just like I did with y'all. And the question wasn't how much; it was when can I get it. Right. And and so that's that's kind of where we are. Uh, I think, in the business community is people are willing. They just need to get the message.
1: So let's talk a little bit about the, the way that the two of you work together in a very practical, tactical sense. And the reason I'm asking, there are a lot of people in this business community now and certainly in the other business communities that I've had an opportunity to work, to work in that I feel good about them, I trust them, and I'm trying to figure out a way to help them. And I think occasionally we've sort of stumbled into doing some stuff together to serve a common client, but it is by no means strategic or elegant. It sounds like you guys have sort of cranked the code on how to be what I call market mates, right? right, right. Can, can I'd like for both of you, but I'd like to start with you, Gary. Speak to, I don't know, some do's and some don'ts or, or just how you guys choose to go to market together and, and serve.
3: I I think, um, you know, again, Alexander talked about you need to have a a compelling story. Um, Anybody can sell product in any industry or offer any services. There's I have 35 competitors in Atlanta Metro alone in my industry. Wow. So what separates us is really listening to our customers and really being a partner to their business. Um, It doesn't stop after we sell them furniture. It continues through the life cycle of their business, and as they grow, we grow with them. A lot of our customers have locations across the country that we outfit. We are a nationwide provider. Some, you know, perception becomes reality. Some folks say, "You know, where are you at?" Well, we're headquartered in Peachtree Corners, but we cover the whole country. In fact, mm-hmm. I have clients down in South Florida still, so I commute once a month down there. So, and you
1: just by happenstance, maybe golf while you're down there.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You got to do that. I miss the old neighborhood. You you got teed up. Uh, But uh, and then, you know, having 200 manufacturers that I can pull from in various categories, I'm a firm believer in less is more. And uh, I want to grow deep, not wide. Mm -hmm. And I want to support local business. And I know Steve Roseboom, their, their CEO, and I've known Alexander and I trust them. So it's got we have we are at the point now where I can call Alexander and say, go see customer XYZ. I'll introduce you and I feel completely comfortable. You doing have that, that much faith and trust in the way he's going to conduct. Oh yeah and out of 200 Marvelous. manufacturers, honestly, I can count maybe five that I have that type of relationship. The rest are send me an email and I'll send you the information and that's fine mm-hmm. but um, you know I treat treat it as if it's my money. If somebody's going to spend that kind of money, they need to feel good about it and I'm, you know I want to want to help them.
1: Well, the, from the perspective of a of a client, I also I genuinely appreciate a solid. Um, I don't know, referrals doesn't really convey it, but a, an introduction to someone and, and the idea that you're not trying to be everything to everybody you've you've got and then now you have this other professional who specializes in this right. area, and I'm going to put them uh, together with you to to genuinely serve you. That that means a lot to me as a as a client.
3: You know, another goofy analogy. It's not in direct correlation with what you're asking, but if we look at the facility that we're in now, uh, Tom and Lori have became very good friends of mine. Mm-hmm. And I worked them with with them initially on the furniture for this building. We did several drawings, several, uh, several discussions, and at the end of the day, we didn't get the project. I mm-hmm. didn't furnish any of this furniture. So most people would maybe have a bad taste in their mouth and say, I can't believe they didn't buy furniture from me. That's not the way Gary thinks, and that's not the way DRG thinks. We think Mm long-term. So just merely by coming here to the ribbon-cutting where I met Eustone. yeah, and I met about 50 people, I've gotten probably five clients just like that and stopping in here at the the Innovation Spot. It's such an amazing space. So, yeah, we are tried and true to our customers and our prospects, and you can't win them all, and uh, you don't take it personal. And uh, the end result is, you know, Tom and I have talked about other ancillary products that that uh, they may need here that we can we can satisfy. So, yeah, I think trust is a big thing. Uh, Alexander and I have what we call uh, we're we're batting 500 constantly, literally every call that we go on together, we win. And I think it's because wow. of the teamwork to the customer. Mm-hmm. Um we are there for installation and questions. We're n- not necessarily turning a wrench or what have you, but we're guiding uh, we had a, we had another client, an environmental client that ordered a lot of plexiglass mm-hmm. and some of them are scratched and I think we were short one. I mean, it happens, but we said no problem. And Alexander got on the phone and, you know, within a matter of hours we were back out with the product. So that's the difference between us and the other guy.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I would say that the thing that I like most about Gary is, is His his commitment to the customer, it it matches mine. And in that vein, I'm out there fighting for his success. I'm not really worried about mine as much as I know his family and I know the difference this is going to make. And I also know the reputation his carries in the market. So he mentioned competition and that's a really good point. The main lines, you know, he mentioned them. They have a fleet of me's. There's only one of me, but they have a hundred of them (laughs) and they're younger and they're better looking and there's more of them. So how am I going to separate myself in the marketplace? But I do that, like you said, by providing that customer service being one of the five And hopefully I'm his favorite. I didn't know there was five. I thought there was only one. Well,
3: you must be. He brought you to his appearance on the show, (laughs) right? Well, just a a little shout out. I remember specifically when not everybody in our organization had met Alexander. They know the name, but I'm big on face. Mm -hmm. Of course, this is pre-COVID. So what does Alexander do? He walks in with a really nice cool suit and sneakers and a dozen of duck donuts. Who doesn't love duck donuts? Now I'm the (laughs) biggest fan. So (laughs)
0: yeah. Well, and that's what we are, again, in the core of specialty is we are invested in Gary's success because we are owned by somebody that's been in Gary's shoes. So -hmm. it's very important for us. So I don't consider him a customer. I don't consider him a friend. We consider him family. And once you're in the family, if there's an issue, we don't ask why. We just go fix it. If you need me to go install something, whatever it is, because you're family. And I'm going to make sure you're successful first, and then everything will take care of itself.
1: What a marvelous story. That is fantastic. So Alexander, if someone wanted to reach out and have a conversation with you, let's make sure that we leave our listeners with some, some points of contact.
0: Sure. My um my cell, you can always contact me on it's public. I I don't I don't hide it. It's seven seven zero.
1: We'll call you Sunday afternoon while you're at the pool.
0: You can. Gary <laughs> called me Saturday. I did. Seven seven zero eight three three eight five one one. And my email is my name, Alexander, A-L-E-X-A-N-D-E-R, Alexander, at special, the letter T, dot net. That's just the word, special, the letter T, dot net. Fantastic. And thank you so much for having me. That was awesome.
1: Oh, it was fun. I'm so glad you had a chance to come in. Gary, what's the best way to get in touch with you, man?
3: Um, Well, you can reach me at the Innovative Spot. I'm here quite a bit. But uh, it's Gary, G-A-R-Y, at D drgatlanta.com. I would encourage your listeners to go to our website at drgatlanta.com. It uh, does a good job of telling our story. we got a nice informational video on there. And then I also wanted to mention um, that uh, my direct number, uh, it's still a Florida area code because, you know, I got 8,000 contacts, but it's 561 561-308-3077 and i just wanted to make sure i mentioned that we're launching a new division over at specialty excuse me at uh, at um he really does want to what company do i work right? for again <laughs> <I'm>
1: sorry
3: <laughs> at drg and it's called uh, collective by drg so what huh. we're doing is all the high rises in midtown those rooftops i mean they're pretty sweet i wow. i i could live there you know if i was 25 again and in college i'd be living over there but we have a gal on our team, Haley, who does a fantastic job and is spearheading this division. It's hospitality, multifamily. She works a lot with landowners and developers, so it's called Collective by DRG. You want to go check them out on Instagram. Uh, very informational. And the verticals that we call on, obviously, are commercial, um, hospitality, and we also do healthcare, higher education, and K-12, so we're a nonstop shop.
1: Okay, and so email and website again one more time? Yeah, I'm
3: sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, email is Gary, G-A-R-Y at drgatlanta.com, and my cell number is 561-308-3077.
1: Well, thanks so much for coming in, man, and thank you for bringing Alexander. What a treat.
3: He's a great guy.
1: (laughs) All right, until next time, this is Stone Payton for our guest today and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Cherokee Business Radio.